literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. Welcome back to the show. We appreciate you tuning in. I'm J.B. Hager. And I'm Michael Barnes From the Austin American Statesman. And, you know, we said when we started the show, it's not all going to be rosy, right? No. It's all, not all great there news. There are dark chapters. In there are history. dark. And, they, and there are things that define you uh, sometimes, things you learn from sometimes. But I, I, I love this this article you wrote a couple years ago, Michael, where we were in the midst of the random package bombs that's right going off around austin and several you know there were deaths from it yeah, it was very it, sad it was frightening it, it became a national story it was Absolutely. uh no one can figure it out and i the bomber ended up blowing themselves up uh, when uh tra- tracked down off i-35 right 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 we won't go too heavy into the details of that, but what what was interesting, an interesting angle on this article you wrote where you're like, yeah, Austin seems like a, a very, very peaceful, safe town, which it is right. for its city size. Yes. We're remarkably safe, but we had some ugly incidents in Absolutely. our past. The, the bombing it, wasn't the first. No, no, no. We had the first recorded serial killer in the servant girl annihilator as he was called back in the 1880s killed servant girls and also some other people in the dark of night and we had the very first mass shooting on a campus with in 1966 with the tower shootings Mm -hmm. and, and whitman and and there have been many others that people just tend to forget because, as you say, it's a, normally a pretty peaceful place. Yeah, and I think we're we're wired to forget things yeah. to move on. That's a good point. The traumas you have get blocked out because mm-hmm. that's a, a yeah. human attribute to Absolutely. move on. Now, some of the other ones I wanted to bring up that you mentioned, again, was a, a, a KKK incident in 23. That's, what was that? It was about... The, the, that was the peak year of the resurgence of the Ku Klux Klan. They were very strong in Texas. They're not very strong here in Austin, but they were very strong in Texas. And the very first case of a prosecutor really getting prison time for a Klan beating was in Georgetown. The prosecutor was Dan Moody, and he later became governor. And it was kind of the turning of the tide that people would break with being afraid of the Klan, so therefore not ever finding them guilty. This was a really a step forward. Some other incidents you talked about. This one I'd never heard of. A woman, Annie Hoptreif. This is the kind of stuff that you see on a Lifetime movie. She was right. poisoning her family. Yes. And one of the reasons you haven't heard about it is I haven't gotten around writing about it. <laughs> you haven't gone into it in, in, at length. Yeah, it, I, I did the research and I'd never written about it at length. But yeah, it's, it was a strange, strange case. And, you know, people tried to use the newly found discoveries of psychology to figure out 
what went wrong with this woman. Yeah, that was right down the road in San Marcos yeah. in uh, 1924. But these things made national oh, absolutely. headlines. Isn't that wild? Sensational crimes. The big newspapers and magazines would send reporters... And this was true with the servant girl murders in the 19th century. Every big newspaper sent a reporter down here to report on the scene. They didn't do a lot of investigative journalism back then, but they did a lot of crime reporting Mm -hmm. when the crime was sensational, especially. And again, the kind of the recurring themes, these are things out of central Texas and Austin area that, that, that went national. And then, you know, one from my early years living here, the yogurt shop murders. Oh, yeah. 1991 right right was a big big story and that's still to this day not resolved right i feel for those families and yeah and um there was a, a uh, accusations that the chief detective who was investigating it uh, extracted confessions out of the people he believed were allegedly the killers and then that case fell apart and the, the, the book to read here is Who Killed These Girls? Cold Case, The Yogurt Shop Murders by a, a wonderful Austin author, Beverly Lowry. She did a great job revisiting it all very respectfully, very carefully and sensitively. But she talked to the families of the murdered, talked to the families of the accused. And we still don't know what happened to those teenage girls who were murdered as they were closing up shop up on Anderson Lane, and the the really horrifying part of it was that the, the place was set on fire after that, so mm-hmm. the, the crime scene was particularly grisly. Man, I remember just being around Austin, the, the, the billboards, yeah. which we don't, for those who don't know, we don't have a lot of billboards in mm-hmm. this town, so they really stand out, the ones that we do have. The, the images of these girls, yeah. and just... Because uh, they were trying to find the killer, yeah, and, any and leads, any leads, any at leads all. at all, and a lot of them came in. Hundreds of them came in, and a lot of them led to a lot of wasted time. You know, we just don't know. Yeah, there were also, you know, a few mass shootings in Bell County, a little oh, bit yeah. north of here, but close enough right. that it got national attention. There was the Luby's shooting, I believe ninety one. The last thing that the the uh, the shooter said before he himself was killed was this is what bell county did to me and i just thought that was weird and uh and then of course there's been mass shootings at at fort hood Mm -hmm. and and that just seems to be a place that's just cursed right now i mean Mm -hmm. you know just killings dismemberments uh harassment somebody's got to get a hold of that place and again, we're getting into this is much more recent, and is the uh, and I remember being on the radio and talking about this the plane. Oh yeah, that it was an IRS grudge. Office. Yes, it was a grudge. Mopac in one eighty three, right? And a right. guy flew his plane into the building. Yeah, killed several two thousand ten people. Yeah, we have them. We have the people to do that kind of thing yeah. here. And then a couple of incidents on UT campus yeah. in 2016 and 17. Which which were really disturbing uh, at the time because campus had seemed so safe for so long. Mm-hmm. There'd never, there hadn't been a murder on campus in forever. And then two in, in the space of just a couple of years. It really 
took you out of yourself because you know we were both on the UT campus as students. You feel you feel pr- protected the whole it's time. It's like you feel like you're at Disney World, right? right. It's you, you're, you're in a bubble. You're in a bubble, and yeah. and then and then to have this happen, and I'm sure the students on campus at that time were like their worlds were shattered. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing happens when someone is killed on West Campus or, or there's a terrible crime in West Campus and there have been several because you feel in West Campus that you're in a bubble as well that you don't even have to pay attention to the people around you you know you're just it, well it's partially just because it's the university area and people are like-minded they're there as students but it's also at that age you feel right. you don't you don't think about you don't it. think you're in trouble yeah. when when you likely are putting yourself in that yeah. now one of the more interesting ones that I think people will really get a kick out of if especially because so many Austinites have moved here post 1989 was a national story about one of our trees being poisoned that's right <laughs> so, Radio. Kit, give everybody the scope of this story and how it got to be so big going back back to prior to the arrival of the Anglo settlers there was a group of old oak trees and they were the tree oaks and that's where the native americans would meet to agree to uh, various peace arrangements or whatever there's also a story about uh the anglo settlers and the tonkawas that were here uh, having uh, a treaty signed there I don't know about that part, but I do know that it has a long, long tradition of being a sacred grove. Well, by the time you get to the 1980s, there's really only one big old one left, and it is called Treaty Oak, and it's a giant, giant tree. And then this this man who was um, disturbed, and I don't know why, I don't know if there was ever a reason, put plant killer all around it, poisoned it. Enormous amounts of efforts were made to save it, and and part of it was saved. It was such a symbolic thing to the city, this wonderful, peaceful, giant old tree. And of course, you have all the people like me who'd been reading their Tolkien and, and, and revering trees as signs of sacredness. And Keebler so, elves yeah, lived in a tree. They do too, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it became a national story. And yeah. um, and he was. It was a big investigate, big public outcry. You've been here a while. You've seen some of these massive oaks that just they're mind boggling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I the neighborhood I moved into in Travis Heights, I fell in love with the oak trees. I was yeah. like, I gotta live here. We should give people context of where this tree is. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. I'm sorry. The best way to, to to find it is if you're traveling east on West 5th Street. Which so is you're about way. to hit Lamar. Yep. You look to your left, and there is a, a kind of a U-shaped or L-shaped uh, shopping center to your left. And there it is. And yeah. there's a parking lot around it. It's pretty well tended. So um, apparently it was enough poison to have killed hundreds of trees and everyone chimed in and started digging up the soil as much as they could around the roots to get the the toxic poison out that's right arborists were out national like you said national story right to save this tree and like two-thirds of it was lost but it still exists today yes it does and there was something else about austin's personality we were coming out of a time of a lot of environmental 
activism, also a, a, a renewed sense of who we are and what our culture and history are. And so this seemed like an attack on us, an attack mm-hmm. on the city. I think that's that's a really good point. And I don't mean to interrupt, Michael, but no, no. It, it, growing up here, and I know you were here at the time, it's you don't feel it today. Mm-hmm. But you can go back 10 years. You could go back to 2010, definitely to 2000. There was a lot of environmentalist input mm-hmm. and these nonprofits running, uh, uh, doing stuff around town well, and, 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 and being very conscious of development right. and where we did it along the green belt, what goes into our aquifer. Right. Save the salamanders. If you've been in Austin and, and like for a long time, save the salamanders was a big deal. Well, one of the reasons you don't hear about it as much these days, and you do a little bit, but it's because the environmentalists won. Mm-hmm. They essentially won. We are a green city, and we could be greener, I know, but we became this morning star to the world for sustainable living and building. And even developers who were putting in suburbs that would be otherwise without a whole lot of interest, they're putting green belts, and they put in mm-hmm. parks, mm-hmm. and they, they, they preserve the, the purity of the water. So, so essentially, and I don't want to say, you know, let your guard down, folks. Right, right. And, and one of the major reasons why that change came about was our Mayor Kirk Watson, who is able to get disparate sides together and talk and come to a resolution. And he basically brokered a peace between the developers and those among the environmental community that were willing to come to a, a sort of peace. Hmm. It's never going to go away, that tension, and for good reason. But you have a city now where things like the Treaty Oak disaster were part of that evolution of identity as an environmental city. I had always heard about Treaty Oak, and I didn't even realize where the tree was. I thought it was in Oak Hill. The, ah! you know, the controversial trees at the the Y split. Right, exactly. <laughs> that, they, that they built around. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's right there off 5th Street, right. uh, just before Lamar. The thing I found so remarkable, Michael, is that uh, the Treaty Oak, as we mentioned, poisoning became a national story. So big, I think you'll recognize this voice talking about it on national news. The mystery of who would try to kill the Treaty Oak was big news around the country. Network TV newscasts showed up to document a most unusual case of attempted murder. Who would want to murder a tree? So if you didn't get that clip, <laughs> you, you know, I, I imagine most of you did. That's Barbara Walters That's talking right. about national headlines, Austin, Texas, over right. a poison tree. It's pretty remarkable. It is. It is. Anyhow, I appreciate what you did in this article. You know, amid this bombing, you're like, well, things have happened here before, you know, and it's it's easy to think of Austin as a, a sleepy, quiet, safe town. And at times it gets rocked just it like does. anywhere else. It does. And people get through it. And people heal, and that was part of what the story was about. But also, now, we're not innocent. You know, we know that bad things will happen. I think the the Whitman shooting in 66 shattered a lot of that innocence. Mm-hmm. Yet every time, like with the bombing, people were just like, I can't believe this is happening here. Yeah, we're, we do feel... We do feel like we're immune to a lot of stuff. Yeah, when you turn on your nightly news and, and you see things happening around the world, you just uh, you feel immune to it here. Uh, that's not the case, unfortunately. No, it's not. 
and yeah. it, it never will be. We do encourage you to write to us. We got an email here I'd love to share with you. Rachel writes, it says, I have a complaint about the podcast. It's too short. <laughs> and they don't come out often enough. I really enjoy every episode, and I know there is more great stuff to talk about. I just wish they were an hour long instead of 20 minutes. Either way, keep it up. It's a great show. Thank you from a dislocated Austinite, Rachel. Well, Rachel, we appreciate it. And when the pandemic is over, I don't think we'll be having hour-long episodes. But we will have guests, and that will give the show a little more heft a little more variety and we'll bring in people from all backgrounds and it just so happens as if you've listened to the other ones you know we were supposed to have our first guest in march i know <laughs> right when the <clears throat> pandemic started i know and we are we are trying to be conscious of people's time we know that people's are busy your attention spans are shorter than ever <laughs> right <laughs> i imagine your articles have gotten shorter over the years right at times. <laughs> At times. You know, and, and so we try to be conscious of it, something you can digest on your commute or something like that. But to your point, when we do bring in classic Austinites, mm-hmm. legendary Austin, interesting people uh, of Austin, we're going to go a little longer and let it breathe a little bit more. But, Absolutely. But for the time being, we're trying to keep it <laughs> tight and right. All right. Rachel, thank you for writing in. And you can send your comments to mbarnes at statesman.com or jhager, H-A-G-E-R, at statesman.com. While you're jumping online to send us an email, subscribe to Think Texas. Think Texas is our free weekly digital newsletter about Texas history, and its subscriptions are growing as well. And it comes out every Tuesday, and you can text the word Think Texas, all one word, to 33777. That's 33777. And this particular story is in Volume 3 of Indelible Austin. All right, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. And tell your friends to subscribe to Austin Found. Happy trails. Happy trails.